in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 10, just one verse of scripture, and then we're going to move on here. Verse number eight, of course, this is a very important discourse for Jesus. Um, in Luke, Luke's recording of this, almost verbatim here, but we just want to read verse number eight. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. Giving as a lifestyle. Let's pray. Father, we love you, praise you. You're everything all the time. We love you, we praise you. I feel your spirit in this house tonight just so so powerfully and wonderfully in this house tonight. I, I just pray that you're with everybody, every soul in a special measure here tonight. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen. Smile at your neighbor. Make sure you're married to him or you're, you're single. And then you may be seated. Now, I'm going to try to be conscientious of time tonight. What happened yesterday is that uh, some of the power went out in Liberty Lake. And not, not the entire city, but this, this part of Liberty Lake, the power went out. And our power was completely out in our two buildings um, and when the power did come back on, we, we got kind of nervous because only a fraction of the lights would come on and so on and so forth. And we were a little bit nervous about potential damage that might've been done to the building. I'm sure you can understand that. So we just felt it best to postpone service till we could troubleshoot everything and fire everything up, make sure everything. And I'm very, very delighted. I'm tickled pink to be able to tell you that everything is working. We thank God for that. Um, you're probably thinking he's going to talk about money. And you're right. But this is far bigger than money. You know, why, why do we have such a big hang-up about money? And if you, were, if you were to be honest, well, I'll use myself um, as an example. When I first got saved, I didn't have a job. I thought job was a guy in the Bible. I'm gonna... Are you guys out there? Okay, the matinee service isn't until Sunday. Um, I will never forget getting my first paycheck and thinking, I am not giving this up. Because it really did take blood, sweat, and tears in my case. It was an enormous sacrifice to get out of bed um, at six o'clock in the morning so I could be to work at seven. But God told me to get a job. And, um, but I will never forget that feeling of having that paycheck, looking at that paycheck and just saying, I'm not this, I'm not paying rent with this. I'm not doing anything with this. This, this really costs me something. Um, and of course, there was a lot of people, there's a lot of people under the sound of my voice that learned that at a much earlier age than I did. I was 30 years of age when I got saved and, and got a job. But I learned early on because of just good teaching and just good, practical, godly influence and exampleship and lifestyles that were all around me in the church I got saved in, and I thank God every day for the church I got saved in. 
But I was surrounded by people that giving, apostolic people, giving was a lifestyle. And it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen automatically. Like we are not just born by saying, okay, I want to be a giver. In fact, I had a counseling session in my counseling office last week, and I caught a four-year-old stealing candy out of the candy dish. And it was classic. Um, I mean, you know, the lights on, you know, it's not like some guy sneaking along the walls of San Quentin. He was bigger than Dallas. I seen him stick it in his pocket. I said, hold it. He did the classic thing. He did this. Okay. If I can't see them, they can't see me. I already seen it. And his mom and his dad were there and his mom got him, but he wasn't going to admit that he stole that candy. Took a little bit of doing. And so we're not born being givers. We're born being takers. And it's very natural in, in the natural course of things for, for us. We're on the receiving end because infancy and then childhood, adolescence, so on and so forth. But one of the most important factors of maturation is when a human being understands that I need to give back or I need to, I need to just give. I need to, I need to bless others as I have been blessed. And again, this is not natural. It takes, it takes, it takes the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God to model that for the next generation, because the next generation, I don't know what they're going to call it. The generation that's, that's alive today is generation Z. I don't know what the next generation will be. Um, just generation it because you can't use pronouns what are you i'm an it are you a female it or a male it don't ask i'm a fluid it no you're an itty it now some of you just woke up and i'm so happy about that Okay. Jesus makes this statement when sending out his disciples. Freely you have received, freely give. It's not yours. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not yours. But this is an incredible principle that could only have come from Jesus. If this would have come from the pastor, I mean, without the word of God backing him up, then this would sound like the government. You didn't do that. It's not yours. Um, don't get me started on the government. It has become insane what is going on in our world today. Listen, I have, a little, I have a little deal on this. I believe that God is calling all the backsliders home. If you're a backslider and you're in that world out there, something ought to be telling you it's fallen apart out here. But see, the devil is working overtime. In fact, I want us to raise our hands right now and pray for every single backslider that's in this city. There's apostolic church all over the place. You don't have to come to this one, but go home by the authority of the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every backslider to be able to have enough common sense or enough aptitude or enough, enough reasoning to not be swept along 
with the wide gate of destruction. In Jesus' name. This is an incredible principle of living. And you have to understand this. This is a principle of living, and it's not exclusive to money. And we have a hang-up about money, and it, we get it honestly. The government's after our money. Um, what is it about these guys that work at Starbucks that want a tip for just doing their job? I'm at a coffee shop. I'm thinking, okay, guy's just going to do his job. Before I could say Pentecost, he flipped the screen around. And everybody's looking at me. No tip? 10%? Who in their right mind is going to give somebody 20% for doing what you're paying for to begin with? Maybe I ought to get a tip. Flip the screen around. Just having fun. Just having fun. But being a giver is not restrictive to money. That's just one part of it. And being a giver truly is a lifestyle. And I know that there's people in our world that are given over to philanthropy. You have the Bill Gates of our world and all that kind of stuff. But I don't really believe that you can be the type of giver where it's a, it's a, a, a lifestyle without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, without truly experiencing the salvation experience. Because what happens is, is you step out of this world where it's all about the money and it's all about possessions and it's all about me, 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 me. And now you are transported in a world where you're just, I'm just, I'm just excited to have the Holy Ghost and I'm just excited to, to be living for God and I'm just excited that you're here and I'm excited that I'm here and I wanna do something for God and I wanna see you do something for God and what God's given to me, I wanna give it to you and if I'll give it to you, he'll replenish that and give and it shall be given and it starts a reciprocity and we just become richer and more enriched and more powerful and come on somebody! And so biblical giving is a lifestyle. And you have to have spiritual resources to get there. And that doesn't mean when you, when you start becoming exclusive, because it is exclusive. And now you're inclusive because you're on this side of the boundary. That doesn't mean that it's not available to everybody. It is available to everybody. It's just that we have an entire culture that has been molded and shaped by the denominational religiosity of our present culture. When you come into an apostolic church, it's all or nothing. Like Jesus said, worship with all your heart. It's not just saying, just be glad I'm here, pastor. Well, I am glad you're here, but is that really what this is all about? No, that's not what this is about. That Jesus has said, if you're going to worship me, it's got to be all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Come on, help me out. All your strength, all your attention, all your desire. The more stuff, the more pablum, the more vanity that's in a person's life. It's just that much more that God has to deliver them from so they truly can experience the lifestyle of a giver. So this is why it's a danger to say, well, that's not necessary, and that's not No, 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 no. You're not qualified to say that. And I'm not qualified to say that. The Word of God is the one that draws the line and says what is required. And so the more, the more carnal things that I put into my life thinking that this is good enough and this is the best I can give, 
All it takes is a Sunday service like we had around here with Brother Raul Alviar. And all of a sudden it's, I think I can give more. I think because I want more. And because I think I, I and when I get more, I want to give more. And you just, it starts this reciprocity of saying, if God did that for me, what can God do next week? And if God does that next week, what can God do next month? And you become a new creature. Hallelujah. Anyway, that's what happened in my life. It's still happening. Let's look at Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. We are not talking about money. How about time? How about benevolence? How about love? How about mercy? How about forgiveness? Well, they haven't done nothing to deserve it. Neither have you. But we're talking about giving as a lifestyle. And we've already qualified that by saying you got to have the Holy Ghost. You have to you have to be so invested that you want you want to give all because you want all. I have never met a person that was in their sound mind that said I have just enough God. If you're here tonight, I mean no offense to you. But I have for the last 29 years, I've tried to pastor in such a way that I can, I can lead people to the place where they want more. In fact, I don't want just more, I want all. I only have so many years to live, I want every bit of prophecy that God has for me. But see, unless you strive lawfully, you, you're, you're not crowned. So you gotta, it, it's gotta be done, every, everything's a deal. But in this life, I want every promise that God had intended for me, I want it. I want, I want the anointing, I want the promise, I want, to, I want to go as far as he sees me to go, and in turn, I want to see you go as far as God has for you to go. You might be sitting here tonight saying, I, 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 really, I just really don't believe I could do all that. And I just I don't believe that I have the giftedness for that. You're exactly the one God's looking for. Because when it happens, you won't take the credit for it. You'll know it was God. You'll know it was God that helped you win that soul. You'll know it was God that gave that Bible study and won that family. You'll know it was God that ended up laying a hand on somebody and they got healed. You'll know it was God. Clap your hands and give him praise. Give and it shall be given. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It is the most liberating, intoxicating, fulfilling lifestyle known to man. Not groveling in the sun uh, for some false deity that commands the, the worms sacrifice unto them and live a life groveling through not even mediocrity. God sees the explosive element of his creation when it's combined with human will, human desire, and a host of other things like obedience. and That's the story of Cornerstone, in my opinion. Hallelujah. Give and it shall be given. Verse number 38. Let's read this together. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, 
shaking together and running over. What's, what's that describing? That's describing the process of compaction so that you can get more in there. Press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Everybody listen up. This is self-regulating. You determine your level of blessing. It's not the pastor. Years ago, um, there was a man of God that came to, I was just a new convert sitting on a pew. There was a man of God that came to my home church and got up. In fact, there's some of you under the sound of my voice that would know this man if I said his name. He got up, got behind the pulpit. He said, I want this congregation to know that God is upset with your pastor. Okay, we were all kind of looking at each other and one eyeball went in circles and this one went over here. What's going on? He said, because your pastor is afraid to talk about money which creates an opportunity for you to be blessed. So I'm sitting there. Okay, I'm wondering how this is going to turn out. And so this man proceeded to say, he said, we need to take an offering because your pastor is afraid to do this. And God wants to bless the people. But unless an opportunity is created for the people, you won't give any more than what is expected of you. That's fine. But when a pastor comes up with building programs and gives you an opportunity to give, that's not so you can become poor. If you're a giver, You become the medium. This is where the nation of Israel failed. They could not accept that God would do that for them. So this pastor took up a big offering and the church became blessed and went on to build multi, multi, multi gazillion dollar buildings all because it started with an offering because of the principle. It, it wasn't about the money. It was creating an opportunity for you to give so God could give back to you. See, give and it shall be This will work with time. This will work with mercy. This will work with forgiveness. This will work with grace. This will work with agape. This will work with a lot of different things. That if you'll give, it shall be given. This is giving as a lifestyle. I was ready for this at 30 years of age because when I got saved, I didn't have any money. And I've often wondered what would have happened had I got responsible a little bit earlier in life and came in contact with the gospel, what kind of person would I have been? I don't know about that, but there's a rich young ruler in the Bible that said, I've obeyed the word of God from my youth. I've done that. Yes, I've done this. I've done that. Jesus said, okay. You lack one thing. What is it? Go and sell everything you have and give it. And he went away sorrowful because he had been raised to obey the word of God. He had not been raised to be a giver. And so you can have all of the I's dotted and all the T's crossed and follow the letter of the law and still not be where you need to be in God because you don't have the supernatural aptitude of being a giver. Now, pastor, if you're taking the long way around to taking an offering, I don't appreciate this. I promise you we are not going to take an offering 
tonight. But there's a lot of talk in, in the 21st century church about being an entrepreneurial. And a lot of the stuff that I have heard is approaching it from the perspective of being a business owner and influencing your community by a business. I, and although I believe, believe that, I do not believe that that is the most elementary biblical example the most elementary biblical example of you being truly entrepreneurial is to be a giver. It supersedes a business. In fact, the man that experiences this level of blessing may start a business, may own a business, may have employees, may be the supervisor, may become the superintendent, may become the boss on the job. Those things don't just happen by a roll of the dice. God gives favor. God postures people. God puts people in those positions because they were givers at another level in their life. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise right now. I'm really trying to get this across. I'm trying to get it away from money so you can see the principle of this because it is such a liberating way to live. Oh, let's praise him. God, I love you. Bless these people tonight. Bless these people tonight, I ask in Jesus' name. Let's continue to read that verse and then we're going to move on. For with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you again. What that means is to the degree that you give, it will come back to you. It's self-regulating. There are scriptures in the Bible that prove that that is not restricted to money, okay? Forgive and ye shall be. Be merciful and you shall obtain. It affects everything. It's self-regulating. If I love this one, although it's not 100% applicable, it is in a sense. If you want friends, you have to first what? Pastor, nobody likes me. You got bad breath. I want to tell you what, bad breath will kill a revival. This is our laughter section of this incredible teaching tonight. Here's what happens. We flip the lights on. It says Pentecost out there on outside of the building. People start coming in, and all of a sudden, you've got people that maybe had no friends. I had friends in low places. Me and Garth Brooks had the same friends. When I came into the church and received the baptism of reality. That entire congregation were my friends. There were no strangers. There was no hangups. There was no, there were people in that congregation that I found out later I got on their nerves. You know, you're over at the house. They finally get up the nerve to invite me over to their house. And I, and I feel like, praise God, praise God. And I knock a lamp over with the lamp shades like this. And Sorry. A church ought to be that there are no strangers. Well, are you in our clique? Clique? There ain't no clique in this church. 
When you see somebody, you're going to the restaurant, you're going over to Cafe Rio, and you see that one person standing there that doesn't have anybody to go with them, man, the Holy Ghost ought to be kicking in right there and saying, hey, come on, man. Come and hang with us. Well, I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't have any money to eat with everybody. Hey, don't even worry about it. Come on. Then the next time at the church picnic, they're picking a softball team, and you're the last guy looking like a deer in the headlights and saying, well, nobody wants me. Oh, come on. Not much of a parallel there, but if you've been picked like I was as a kid, man, it was just me and the, the overly large, oversized girl were the last guys to get picked for the team. My legs were that big around and hers were, well, you don't need to know that. <laughs> Nobody wants to be left out. Well, they're not in our group. Invite them anyway. It's a brother. It's a sister. Give and it shall be given. That's the spirit of Christ. Here a couple weeks ago, I don't know, a month ago, we had some folks over to the house, had a great time. My wife and I really enjoy doing that. We just sometimes get so busy we can't do as much of that as we'd like to do, but we had, and we, we invited Sister Mary. She's not here tonight. She sits right about, is that, well, that's, that's Sister Whitney Mayo back there, and she's sitting exactly where Sister Mary does on Sundays, and we invited her over to our house. And when she left our house, she got on her phone and she said, just the fact that somebody would include her. My God, don't ever let us get to the place where we're somebody. Not gonna happen while I'm pastor, because I remember and there was a church that opened up their doors and opened up their arms and helped me to become a new creature in Christ. It's a lifestyle. Well, we just, we just don't do that kind of stuff. You don't know what you're missing. Really what's happened is you've drugged a lot of attitudes that were like barnacles on a boat. You drug them into this walk with you, and now God's trying to get through all that so he can, so he can really bless you and really elevate you and really change you. And if we're not careful, we'll defend that that's the way I am. That's not the way you are. Just one drop of that Holy Ghost and you'll say, I am ditching my old attitude. I'm ditching my intimidation, my self-pity complex, and my being intimidated by everybody. Who's intimidating you? There's no big eyes and there's no little U's here in the church. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. I was going to run over and give my wife a kiss but she gave me that look. And I'm thinking, you know, give and it shall be given. And all the men say, man, that is, you guys, that is so weak. Where are you guys at when I needed you? This, this, after you get the Holy Ghost and after you speak in tongues and after you run around the building, you need some principles in your life. It's not all just about showing up and it's not all about that. There's principles. Take it home with you. It's a lifestyle that is so exhilarating. It's liberating. It's intoxicating. It's glorious. Clap your hands and give God praise. You don't know what you're missing. And I'm, I'm just, 
If you don't get this principle, you can't get to the other ones that you think you want. Because this is really basic. This is an elementary apostolic Christianity 101 principle. Give and it shall be given. Christian kindness, love. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm trying to hurry because... Well, it's only 8 o'clock. Of course, on Monday nights, that's my bedtime. Hey, don't laugh. I was talking to my friend Nathaniel Urshan. He goes to bed at 8 o'clock at night. Okay, let's move on. I'm really trying tonight. I'm, my, st my, my wheels are stuck in the mud. All right, look at this. But this I say, remember in the last scripture we proved, Brother PJ, that it's self-regulating? Self okay, what does self-regulating mean? It means that I am the one that determines what comes to me. Pastor, I've been in this church this whole time and I ain't getting blessed. Well, are you blessing anybody? Are you blessing the Lord? I, I, see, I see people, and I'm not saying this critically, because I love you, but it is a love that, that has got some other elements attached to it. And I see people that come in and just, it's almost like, okay, the show's over, let's get our stuff and get out of here. There were healings that took place here on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Sister Carissa, did God heal you on Sunday? Brother Logan, did God heal you? If God's going to heal them, why not you? Why not me? I want some of that. Somebody clap your hands. Why just come and leave and nothing happened? Give and it shall be given. You can't enjoy this if you're not a giver. There's no such thing as an apostolic hoarder. But there's some people I see come in, I'm not, not being critical, I'm just being observant. And I, they. They get their little thing, if they get it at all. And that's just all, that's just, that's as high as it goes. And I'm thinking, oh, but you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to sink their boat because you never know what God could do next week. And you never know what could happen when Mark Dross gets back here in May and in June. And you never know what's going to happen uh, during Summit. And you just never know. I can, I've had this happen more times than I can even count. Just a, just a good saint, just, just, just nameless and faithless, and will, will, will call me up and say, Pastor, you won't believe what God did for me. And da, 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 da. God is sovereign. God is not afraid to start the process. God is not afraid to say, you know what, I'm going to go down and stir the waters and I'm going to touch them. No, they don't deserve it. No, they didn't ask for it. But I'm going to come in and bless them because if they can get a taste of this, they will never be the same again. And God starts the process because he's sovereign. Don't you just love God? Look at your neighbor and say he's awesome. If they didn't respond good enough, elbow him so hard that you hear a rib crack and say, he's awesome. I'm just kidding. Then we'll have to bring you up here and God will have to heal you like he put Malchus's ear back on. God's good. God's better than good. In fact, there are no words. The only word, man, I like your shoes. Awesome. That's not the use of the word awesome. Hey, did you get, did you get uh, Friday off? Awesome. Dude, that ain't awesome. Awesome is when God gets to moving and 
sister starts whipping her hair and bobby pins are being flung like bullets. And old Joe, the ex-alcoholic, takes a lap and it breaks wide open. That's awesome. Man, we, need to, we need to work on our work on our language. Hallelujah. All right. Self-regulating. Everybody say self-regulating. Second Corinthians chapter nine. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly. Self-regulating. Well, Pastor, we're just waiting on God. I really think God's waiting on you. He saved you. What else do you need? It's your move. Are you listening? After, after he took all my sins, it's like, okay, now you do something. Look at your neighbor and go like this. I'm serious. Typically what happens when people don't get it is they're already, they're already playing with their salvation. Or they have become convicted to the point where they know they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and so they're not even thinking about these other principles. Just repent, get it taken care of and get blessed. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall win the apostolic lottery. I can just imagine there's somebody that stops by Nom Noms and gets that little card. I'll pay my tithes if I get this. I'll, I'll, I'll give if I get this. I'll pay my building pledge if I, if I go out to North, Northern Quest Casino and win $10,000, I pay my building pledge. No, just pay your building pledge with what you've got and, and do it the right way and let God do the rest. But I, I'm just like you. We all go through periods where we plateau we go through seasons where we have maximized our part of the garden and God made it that way. The principle in real life was in the book of Deuteronomy when he said, you're not going to possess the land all at once. You're going to grow into it. But there's another place in the Bible where there was several tribes that were complaining that they didn't have as good a land as their neighbor. Remember, not every one of those tribes crossed Jordan. They, they chose to stay at a particular where they were. They didn't want to cross over. And so, but they complained that it wasn't as good a land as somewhere else. And I believe, I believe I'm kind of going off memory here. I believe it was Joshua that said, just Get you a get you a shovel out there and get you an axe out there and you can go as far as the eye can see, but it's gonna take some elbow grease. It's gonna take the sweat of your brow. You're gonna to have to dig up the roots and you're gonna to have to pull up the stones and you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to develop the land, but you can go as far as you wanna go. He which soweth bountifully shall Reap also bountifully, giving as a lifestyle. Not talking about money. We do talk about money here. Somebody just told me several days ago, it might have been 
Brother Alviar, I think, told me, he said, the common Jew was expected to give 20%. They calculated all of the offerings. And when you get in the Old Testament and you're thinking, man, this pastor's asking for a lot. When you get in that Old Testament, all those heave offerings, wave offerings, this, and pay tithes of that, and the firstborn, and, and blah, 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 blah. The common Jew gave no less than 20%. And why wouldn't they want to give? They're not in Egyptian bondage. They're in cities they didn't build. But see, God proved that if people don't work for anything, they're not going to appreciate it because the nation of Israel, as soon as they got them in, just go back and read the book of Judges. It is filled, it is a book that is full of pandemonium. Giving as a lifestyle. All right, pastor, I'm going to do it. Where do I start? Just start where you're at. Just start where you're at. Well, you know, they asked me to be an usher and I don't feel like it. They asked me to be in the choir and I can't sing. Well, being able to sing is not a prerequisite to be in this choir. Because there's enough people that can sing that the ones that can't sing, I'm about to get myself in big trouble. <laughs> Would you guys forgive me for that last statement? <laughs> Give and it shall be given. It's so good. Man, this, 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 this church, this group of people blows my mind. How else would you ever get this group of people in the same room? Brother Kenneth, where have you been? Oh, don't blame it on that baby girl. You've been playing hooky. But I love you so much, I want to see you. They have a beautiful baby girl. I got to go to the, I, yeah. And look at him. He's on the front row now. I, it's great. It's great to see you. Tell Sister Melanie we love her. How would you ever get this group of people together? Well, they're all, you know, median income and, you know, two car garages. And, you know, we just all have kind of the same interests. And, it, you know, it's just one of those kind of churches, you know, we, we don't really want the homeless or anybody. We just want people that we can. There was a guy that had a clipboard, came to my door about 20 years ago, knocked on the door, said, we're starting a church in this area, and we just had a few questions to ask. Uh, how long do you want the sermon? I felt like saying, till you get anointed. <laughs> you know that ain't going to happen. What kind of singing do you like and what volume? I'm glad we don't ask that question around here. <laughs> he went down his little list, and I just slammed that door. I can't believe that people would be gullible enough. And I said, what kind of people are you looking for? I, truth before God. He said, we are looking for young couples that have a certain median income that are professionals. I tell you the truth. My wife was right there. I couldn't believe the audacity that he would marginalize the bulk of humanity and consign them to hell. We'll take anybody. Binary, fluid, as long as you can dress properly, come to church. I can't keep up with all these terms, man. We won't go through that again. I already tried that earlier. This is a God thing. And, and, and it's fixing to blow our minds. Did you enjoy Brother Alviar? Man, I love that. I love that man. Love that man of God. He has invited us. Um, I'm getting ready to close here but he has invited us to go down and preach. He's been pastoring since he was 14. You heard him say that. 
He is the bishop over 200 works in 17 different states in Brazil. And he's invited us to go down there and preach his 35th anniversary. And he's also extended that to any saints in our church that want to go to Brazil the first week of December of this year. So um, anyway, I just thought I'd get that out there. You're as welcome as you can be to accompany us and <clears throat> go down there for about five to seven days. And it'll be an experience of a lifetime down there in Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let's lift our hands and love God. All over this building, let's love him. I love you, Jesus. You're everything. You're more than I could ever hope for in my wildest dreams. Maybe you're visiting with us. Just go ahead and lift your hands. You don't have to attend this church, but let's just worship God. As human beings, let's worship God and love him. These are timeless principles that will work any place, anytime, anywhere with anybody. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Now, this Sunday, Brother Incredible Evangelist, Brother David Puentes, um, and his wife will be here on Sunday. Incredible Evangelist will be here. He was here, um, I want to say, about five months ago and uh, just did such a tremendous job that we invited him to be back. So you're going to want to be here. Invite people out. We're going to have a tremendous time together. Okay, you heard it. No pickleball. What is it with the pickleball around here? My goodness, it's like a craze around here. Pickleball. Um, but as, what was the date you said, Brother Chris? April 2? Okay. Um, we're not going to be able to play pickleball or anything else back there because they're getting ready to decorate it for Summit. So love you all. Shake hands. Be friendly. Make sure you visit with our, our visitors that are here. Shake their hand. God bless you.